So we just finished watching Atomic Monsters, which was episode four. Yes, yes, of I the fifteenth season it was of the final season of Supernatural. So we really enjoyed that episode. Yes, I realized why I got confused as to what episode number it was. Well, because of because our, of um, our little mishap where <laughs> last week. We both had some stuff. Well, I had some stuff going on and then Kira had some work going on and I had some work going on and we were like, oh no, we can't figure out a time to podcast. And we finally like squeezed it in on Monday evening and went to look for the episode. And there was no episode last week. And there was no episode last week. So I'm confused because we planned a podcast day and then didn't. And then do, do it, it. anything. And like normally we would have done like, oh yeah, let's just do like a themed, like ep- like just like a regular discussion episode. But we were not having it that day. No. It was just not no. the day to do it. No. Nope. Also like themed episode on what? We need to plan that shit. Do we ever really though? I feel like we at least have ideas. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. An idea. An idea isn't really planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I let's didn't have any Let's talk about ideas. this. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically our planning. Fair, fair. <laughs> I'm Kira. I'm Sally. And you're listening to It's Funnier than Oki and a Supernatural podcast. So let's dive right in. Um, we ended up inadvertently watching that opening scene twice. Yes. Um, but I very much enjoyed watching it twice. Yes. Which was very, very nice. And I'm just going to say it. I got what I wanted. Yeah. Even oh, if yeah. just for oh, a moment. One, well, I, okay. Oh, I get, I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. I was like, we still don't know what that's from. It's from Sam's dream. Yeah. I'm dumb. I forgot what it was for a second. But like, you know, dream premonition. Who knows? Uh- and if it's a premonition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then really. Uh, um, We got our moment with Benny, though. Yes. Okay. And so I want I wanted to talk about this. Of course. For a I was leading you in. Thank you. Um, I love Benny so much i don't as do i have, i don't think as much as you yeah. but i i do as well. have we talked about benny much on this podcast yeah yeah he's come up quite a bit like a fair amount okay you bring him up a lot oh okay cool <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember what i've talked about i love benny um yeah, yeah oh yeah i yeah i'm sh- i don't remember the specifics but but yeah exactly in all of our i've heard the name before yes. At the very least in the fan fiction episode um, and the toxic masculinity episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Um, I am so excited for if he comes back because I'm like, that can't be just like the only random, like, you know? My prediction is that it is. Ah! I know it sucks. I hope so that it isn't either because like you never know. But I think that the way for him to come back in reality would just be so convoluted because you don't forget like we're dealing primarily with heaven and hell and there's a lot already there. And and then we have the empty on top of it. And so then adding in purgatory, I, I don't know. I, I'm like hesitant. Like I agree. To say definitively yes. that it will go that route, but you never know. It could. I agree with you. It could. I agree. Um, but I think that this was nonetheless, can we at least agree that if that is the case, if there was no other way to bring them back, they did, at least they found one way. Yes. Which was yes. very interesting. And I feel like, you know, we could say that this dream 
if it's not a premonition, is at least about Sam's feelings of guilt. Guilt and about, fear. And fear about himself and about the past. Oh, I have a lot oh, to talk about. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. This was a very um, rich episode. It really, yeah. really was. Yeah. So maybe we'll save the stuff about oh, of Sam's. Well, I, well I it'll be peppered throughout for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, also, Dean is just so sexy slash Jensen is just so sexy. Um, the dirt. It's the dirt. It's Ugh, the, dirt. the dirt. We were talking about this. The while dirt it was and the happening. beard. It's like, oh my God, he had a beard. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. You have, you have a beard. You have some stubble. Like you're kind of dirty. Sign and me up. And the bananas. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, are you bleeding a little bit? Mmm. Mmm, yummy. <laughs> It was a vampire episode. It was. It was. That is true. <laughs> but okay. but to you know not not to fully dive into the Sam of it all. Mm-hmm. But I got what I wanted, and I yes. got the demon blood. Yes, you did. I fucking got. <laughs> it's literally like all I want. I don't care about anything else. Just give me this. Just give me fucking demon blood. There was a point at the episode where I almost turned to you, and I was just like. Do you think some of the writers have been listening to our podcast? Because this is getting a little eerie. Yeah. Yeah, they've been listening to our writerly struggles. And, yeah. and felt like just mock, like mock us, just rub a little salt yeah. in the wound. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Um, so then. We have our little heart to heart. We have our little heart to heart. Over some vegan bacon. Over some vegan bacon <laughs> with the meat man. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> and I think that that line... I, so this episode this this episode was so meta. Oh, 100%. Like, the most meta... Like, I think it's the most meta that Supernatural has ever been. Probably. It's, like, more subtle than some of the really... But, like, also... But that's the thing, though, right? Is it's just, like, there's two different kinds of, like, metafiction. There's, like, the metafiction, like, the metafiction episode. And then there's this kind that's, like, fully entwining fan culture into the canon. Yeah. Basically. And fully entwining the analysis in... So it's like, I feel like there's the type of meta where they point out that it's meta. And then there's the type of meta where it's like the whole thing is meta. So they don't tell you that it's meta. Mm -hmm. Um, How many times can I say meta? Um, (laughs) But I think it really started with that heart to heart. When Sam says, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Yes. Yes. I didn't, I, yeah, totally. I only caught that in terms of the content, but not so much the way that you're framing it, which yeah. is very, very interesting. I was just like, whoa, when, oh. when he said that. It's like anytime any of them say anything, I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> anytime any of them say anything? Yes. Yes. Every single line on the show. <laughs> every single line. Every, every single line. <laughs> No, but like, you know, in, in those scenes like that, you know, the, there's a certain way they have of filming and adding weight to things where you notice the lines and you notice what they're saying, which lends itself yes. to like analysis. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So I liked that. And I liked the meat, the meat man, <laughs> which is a bit of a departure from the pizza man. 
but I'll take it. Exactly. Was there a Meat Lovers referenced last episode or the episode before? I can't remember. I, I just have a, this vague recollection of like a kind of horny reference to a Meat Lovers pizza, but I could be making that up. It's totally possible. It, I'm, not, I'm not going to say yes and I'm not going to say no. Wise. Wise. <laughs> but I liked how um, expertly uh, done that scene was just from the perspective of and i said this to to sally when we were watching that like normally that kind of like comedic bit i can like see coming from a mile away like most of us can especially like anything supernatural it's like it's it's kind of their bread and butter but in this instance i totally did not see that nope (laughs) at all and it was so perfect uh (laughs) <laughs> not to be divisive but oh i hope it offended all the vegans <laughs> oh god yeah i mean no offense to the vegans i love you <laughs> I love but you also too. we we have some snarky feelings about yeah. vegans due to certain well Parkdale no it's things. it's facebook vegans oh facebook vegans are the problem <laughs> yeah all other vegans are fine yeah well um, facebook vegans and vegan dale vegans well yeah they are facebook okay. vegans okay. <laughs> um we love Normal vegans. Exactly. Um, being, you know, moving to plant-based food is the better way. Yes. Um, <laughs> but when Sam first, like, spit it out, I thought it was because, like, he I didn't know, like it. I know. <laughs> but that it was actually vegan bacon. That poor, poor boy. I know. Sam. It just can't let himself enjoy things. I just wanted to hug him this episode. I know. But to be so, like, self-flagellating and restrictive that you can't even let yourself eat a single piece of bacon. Yeah. Like, I remember reading a meta about this ages and ages ago by a a meta author who was kind of disgraced in fandom and is no longer active um, about Sam's eating and Dean's eating and how sam basically had they both have super disordered eating oh of course like 100 percent. yeah um, <laughs> yeah yeah that's basically that i'm not really going anything with that nah. but it's like it's there it's when you know what jared eats like yes to maintain his body yes and everything we know about jared is that he eats like five times the amount of food as everyone else because he's a huge man, mm-hmm. he needs that much food to sustain him. I'm sure he also has an insanely high metabolism. And mm-hmm. then he also works out, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, you need to eat a lot to punch b- bartenders. You... Yeah. <laughs> oh, we went there. <laughs> I was, like, trying to find, like, a funny way of, like, sneaking it in. Oh! Our poor baby. He's fine. Yeah, he... I'm... Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um... Regardless. It could be worse. It could be worse. Uh, um, yeah, we could, like hockey players. <laughs> could. Yep. Um, but yeah, can't even let himself eat a piece of bacon. No. What's he worried about? I know. Cholesterol? <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh my God, I know this is jumping ahead, but the like, you know, it would be the end of the world. No, the end of the world is the end of the world. Yeah, they've just gotten. And so... I swear we've said that before in a yeah. podcast. Oh no! 
but it's like they've just gotten so snarky yeah. in their old and age. I like it. I like it. Yeah. They they've accumulated all of this wisdom and trauma and and they're behaving like it. Yes. Well, I guess I'm not really jumping that far ahead because that, you know, them they basically go, go right to the case. Yeah. Um I really liked to heart, that so. too. The heart to heart where Dean was like you're coming like yeah. I found this case. And let's Sam go. Let's get out there. Was like, no, you can handle it. And in my head, I was like, no, you're coming with him. I'm sorry, that was loud. <laughs> I'm scared. But then, and then Dean did the exact same thing, and I yes. like that was a very like good feeling, and yes. I felt like that was the right choice for Dean to make, and it was just the right thing to have happen. So I agree. I had comments yes. about that interaction with the parents and like the principal oh, and everything mm-hmm. because I feel like there's this through line that I saw through the whole episode involving Sam mm-hmm. and it started with the dream so it's like you're talking about okay here's all these like repressed fears coming back because he's weakened mm-hmm. and they don't know how to fix it yeah uh, and he's also grieving like what's new <laughs> on supernatural when are the they boys. not grieving yeah when are they not grieving and like hurt beyond repair <laughs> physically or otherwise yeah. um and so like skirting around like this but like through any kind of trauma what's like a recovering addict gonna fear relapse so it's kind of like that kind of thing yeah right and then we move from that and then we get faced with like his dreams and desires of old which is you know you have this kid vying for Yale and here's the Stanford oh. boy s- standing there going like this is no this is not the end all be all actually so a little bit of like a, a reckoning for Sam here I didn't even catch that that's yeah, good thank you <laughs> I was very proud of that and then all of these, which I, I'm sure you catch, caught uh, these, though, kind of references peppered from that and throughout of just like these other snarky comments from Sam and Dean about the white picket fence life yes. and the suburbs and all that kind of stuff. And normally it's just Dean being like, hey, yeah, that's what you wanted and like nudge, nudge, mm-hmm. wink, wink. But we had like Sam actually, instead of just like rolling his eyes and going, you know, we had him actually engaging a bit more, which is just like. You know, uh, there's the main sentiment that I think was best encapsulated by what he said at the very end of the episode uh, by saying, um, lucky them. Yeah. And so there's kind of like this reckoning with his past desires of like, okay, I can come to terms with the fact that, or not necessarily come to terms, but I can recognize and accept that I'm never going to get that. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah. And so then with that kind of reckoning, you get the resentment yeah. kind of thing, which I think is interesting and maybe might ha- have a little bit of Buffy echoes as well. Yeah. Well, what I honestly got from a couple of scenes was like obviously not with the weirdness, um, but in terms of the dark suburbia thing, I got right. a little bit of Twin Peaks. Or like Blue Velvet. Like, again, not with the weirdness, but the one scene with Sam and Dean talking at the place where the body was dumped. Right. To me, had very just kind of 
like Dis- like like dark associated yeah kind of... suburban weird yeah no, i can see like, that in and, and the thing about that scene that i found was it was in kind of a different way or just had a different vibe yeah this whole than... episode definitely did and not and not just with the like chuck and becky stuff which we'll get to but mm-hmm. like yeah, it definitely, I don't want to say noir, but it had like it had a, a little just like edge of yeah, darkness. Like, yeah, yeah. In a way that it was, made, it wasn't horror. Yes. It, it, the, the edge of darkness was not horror. And I yeah. feel like often on Supernatural, when it has that darkness, it's like a horror darkness. This was more suspense thriller. Yeah, like psychological thriller. Yeah. Like it reminded me of like, I mean, I guess like these would be qualified as horror movies, but yeah, some of those really like tortury, like I mean, like I'm gonna, I'm saying saw, <laughs> but like I don't mean saw. I get what you're saying. Uh, I'm not expressing this well, but <laughs> well, I think the like best in-text example of what you're saying is that moment when both of us weren't really sure what was going on, mm-hmm. and you all of a sudden had a pretty solid grasp and like, oh no, it's the sun that's actually a vampire. But me was like, I was sitting right next to you, being like, what if nobody's the vampire? Yeah, because yeah. it, it was that like uncertainty, yeah. that layer of uncertainty and the unknown. Yeah, it was a little gothic. Yeah, and well, yeah. I mean, I think it was clear at least um, that like either direction they were going in. That the dad was not a vampire. Yes. You know? Yes. Totally. And that's why we were both like, uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 no. Don't get his arm off. And this is this is the thing that I mean that Supernatural has discussed in the past. And I actually thought it was kind of interesting that there wasn't really any moral struggle over whether or not they should kill the kid. Um because, you know, then you get into this like crap, what's it called? Uh, capital punishment issue yeah. where it's like or euthanasia yeah but it's like because he was asking to get yes killed, right? so on the one hand that guy was like sort of euthanasia but you know why does he get killed when mm. the dad was the one who was a human with his full faculties yeah and he kidnapped a teenage girl yeah and tied her up and bled her out yes like that's fucked yeah. Like that is actually fucked and he's going free. Yes. There is no punishment for him. And I'm sure it's like, oh, like he lost his son, like that. But, you know, no legal repercussions. But then again, that brings up the question of in anything that the brothers are involved in, is there really usually any legal repercussions? No, but usually the monster gets killed. Well, exactly. And that that's why I was saying gothic. Yeah. Because. But it's like the dad, the yeah. parents were monsters. Well, that and that's the thing though, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's just like, you know, the whole kind of joke about Frankenstein mm-hmm. and Frankenstein's monster and why those names get confused is because yeah. like, well, Frankenstein is actually the monster. Yeah. Right? Like it's that, it's that kind of, you know, the, it's usually not the the thing or person or individual that's getting chased by you know a a torch wielding mob yeah you know it's usually not that thing that's actually the problem that's usually the scapegoat yeah right and I think that that like what you're saying actually brings up like a really good point that I or or aspect of the episode that I saw which was very much like hang on I need to find the note where did it go uh where is it 
where did it go oh um like the normal life of a monster right Um, like this you know billy says the kid the son he says to his mom like and even to his dad like before sam didn't even get there like I've been trying to tell you ever since this happened that I can't have a normal life. Yeah. That that isn't possible for me and you have to accept that. Yeah. You know, and it's about the the perceived monster having more of an insight on the reality yeah. of the situation rather than the people around yeah. them. Um, and I think that that's very much a parallel to Sam. Because here you have Sam silently suffering to a certain extent. Yes, we're getting a little bit more of that communication back, those like open lines and stuff. But largely like the bullet wound that won't heal in his shoulder is going unaddressed. And so like it's, you know, these things that are being avoided are going to end up bubbling up. And I had a point but I don't know where it went. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just asking that question again and again, which, you know, we can say is getting a little tiring of like, well, what really is a monster? Yeah. Right? To a certain extent. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe the, there wasn't a lot of attention put on debating uh, killing Billy because of where we've come from yes it's like we're we're given that unique instance where supernatural is not just like oh god there's a word for it in storytelling or tell and television of like um where it's like everything from the previous app it's like everything from the previous episode didn't happen it's like that, oh, that like, yeah. amnesia I, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I know what your word you're looking yeah, for, and I can't think. I of can't it. think of it either. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll end up looking it up, and or if any listeners have any idea what I'm talking about, then like <laughs> share it on our social. Yeah, um, ever <laughs> in general. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's that thing of like sometimes these like monster of the week shows can kind of feel like you know the characters have not learned at all from their past interactions with things yeah and like in this episode in both in the the like lead up with the then our our then segment and then the dream with benny popping up we have these little like signposts of like yes we're talking about having to deal with monsters and like monsters suffering the consequences for the greater good in a way yeah to protect the greater good because like their life isn't necessarily ideal either like it's like a weird like lose-lose situation or in this case win-win depending on how you look at it yeah I don't know and I mean I think that because the focus of the episode was on Sam's emotional state Mm -hmm. it makes and you know and I think that at this point it's like they've had that conversation you know they've already discussed should we kill monsters over and over again they're just kind of over it exactly um I just want to take us on like a little tangent Sure. That isn't really relevant to like the themes of this season, but is something that I found really interesting about um, the whole sort of monster of the week situation mm-hmm. um, in terms of, I think it was a really obvious, but not heavy handed um, analogy for rape <laughs> um, or in, in, I didn't, I didn't set the sentence up well, 
but sorry, what is the the main monster of the week plot? So in general or in yeah, this episode? In, in in this episode, sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's why you were saying like yeah. it's not going to have anything to do with the themes of this season. I was like, okay, <laughs> um, no, but like you know, Billy losing control with someone he yeah. loves yeah. and the, the whole way that shot was framed 100 whatever yeah um but i think even more so with the reaction of the parents and yes. you know there have been several incidents mm-hmm. in toronto in schools um not just toronto everywhere. i mean yeah literally i'm i'm everywhere. i'm just thinking of a specific one that happened near my workplace oh really? um of a, a hazing incident last year at the high school across the street oh um, with like oh, a i think you told me about boys. that yeah, 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 yeah really really awful right um you know but you think okay how did this happen it's the parents and then parents get involved and they're like no but like my kid couldn't do this i still want him to go to a good school you can't and and it just it's just i mean in real life it's such a shitty complicated thing and mm-hmm. people go so far to protect their children, even when their children have done wrong. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I think that the the whole Monster of the Week situation in this episode was very, like, I don't know how I feel about their treatment of that because I think they were using certain things to, like, evoke an emotional response without necessarily examining them, you know? Like, the episode wasn't supposed to be about sexual assault, but they were using the imagery of sexual assault to invoke an emotional response. You know what I mean? I agree, but I would argue that that image on its own, mm-hmm. out it, with its use outside of the show, in general pop culture, in literature is ingrained with that connotation. Oh, for sure. So the for use sure. of it, it's kind of impossible to use it without connoting that. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, I mean, they could have gone in a whole bunch of directions with um, with him killing someone. You know, it didn't have yeah. to be like... His girlfriend. His girlfriend. And... It didn't have to be like they're making out right. in his car That's and then, true. oh no, I can't... St-. You know, like it. Yeah. there are certain decisions they make and I don't necessarily like... Well, disagree with that I'm just interested yeah. like it made me think and it made me like go hmm well, I feel like I'm gonna think about this for a lot longer because I yes. have a lot of like feelings about like responsibility and then it's like if you do have this episode framed as it really wasn't his fault because that seemed to be the episode's Dis- really you think I, so well in, yeah I, I think the episode was like it's not his fault that he's a monster um he still has to die so that's the part that I you know it, it's like he can't control himself he didn't mm. do it on purpose mm-hmm. but he's a monster so he has to die and I think that if you're using a sexual assault analogy there right the implications are Men can't control themselves, so then they do bad things and deserve to be punished. And, like, it, I, I, I'm not saying that, like, that's what the show believes or that the use of this imagery is wrong. Like, I found it interesting and compelling, and yeah. I'm glad they did it. Um, My but silence I do, isn't disagreement. Yeah. It's me trying to, like, yeah. figure out what you're saying. Um, but I do <laughs> think that, that those are the implications if oh, you yeah, stretch the analogy sure. and I find that sort of 
interesting and I don't think they intended those implications, which makes it more yes. sort of. Well, but it's just the first thing that comes to mind for me, it's also like, well, why did you use the trope of like the assumption that it's this girl, other female cheerleader that's just trying to like become cheer captain. Yeah. So offs the other cheerleaders. Right? Like it's so like it's already like all of it is loaded in this very like old understanding. And it's always fucking the boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's always the dudes you know. This went to a dark place. Well, but, but it is though. But it, like yeah. statistically. Oh no, I know, I know, I know. That's why I said it. It's <laughs> oh, true. Okay. It's always the dudes. I thought you, you know. were saying that as in like that's like an incorrect. No, no, thing. I was saying this is going to like a heavy, I was coming from an incorrect. a heavy realistic. Like that's <laughs> okay. what I meant. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It's one hundred percent true. Side note. Yeah. It's the dudes you know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid of like random homeless guys on the street. No. Like it's the dudes you know. Exactly. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, anyways. But no, not every cheerleader would kill their other, yes. you know, team members to become captain. Yes. <sighs> um, also, I totally, before we get into Sam's stuff, do you want to talk about Becky? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our baby. Our, our baby. baby. They really, I feel like they really did right by this character. And yes. I feel like there are some people who are going to be pissed off. Oh, 100%. That, that it's going to be Charlie ending. all over. Yeah, again. and I'm like, no, that was it's, so good. And also, too, like, Chuck made a point of being like, oh, no, they're just away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's not. Yeah. I don't know. I, I picture them coming back. Yeah. Um, but, oh. but, like, that was brilliant. Yeah. Because it. It, um, it, I'll speak for myself. It gave me what I wanted of the character that I didn't know that I wanted. Yes. Which was to see her happy. Yeah. And like well adjusted. And like she said, like, you know, loving herself. Yeah. And it was so perfect. Mm -hmm. I I agree 100%. Um, and I feel like the fandom in the show has always had this weird relationship with Becky mm-hmm. where it's like, she's been a bit of a source of ridicule. Right. And, and then kind of became a villain mm-hmm. and to see her as, no, she's a successful adult now. And it also reminded me of how long it's been since we've seen her. Right. Because, because that was season seven. It was season seven. Holy shit. So it's been, Eight years. What? Yeah. Wow. That's fucked. So in eight years, she's... She popped out two kids and got a husband. Yeah. <laughs> she has a successful miniatures business and she's still writing AUs. <laughs> Sally freaked out. She when, has fic deadlines. When when that dialogue was happening. Oh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> and I was simultaneously yeah. celebrating That's going to be me. <laughs> married with kids writing fanfic hell yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah it was just so nice to see her happy yeah um and this is another like i felt like this episode did this so well in in, in both of the plots so in the monster of the week plot and then also with becky of recreating 
recreating these really shitty problematic situations for women in real life. Right. Because it's like, yeah, you're you're successful, married, two kids, and all of a sudden your schlubby writer boyfriend, ex, ex, ex-boyfriend from like 10 years, ten ago. years ago shows, shows up. up like, <laughs> red flags, red yeah. flags. Like that's, again, that's how people get murdered. Yeah. Um, legitimately. And... Like, my immediate thought was just like, wow, Chuck is an awful person. Like, yeah. he, like, I think this episode, more, oh. more than oh. killing oh. Jack. Oh. More than killing Jack. Really? I don't know. Something about this just, like, hit me. And well, I think it's because of behaviors that certain ex-boyfriends of mine have done. Fair enough. Where I'm just like, oh. But also, too, it is that thing of, like, that whole thing of where like they're talking and Becky's trying to get him to leave and he's all like I'm really happy that like you love yourself but like I hate myself I was like like it was like it was just such that like kind of thing of like but too in the context of like you know when we we when we enter into that like section of the episode that plot and we see Chuck with Becky, we're very much getting the Chuck that we knew. Yes. Right? We're very much getting the Chuck that we knew. And so, like, that's bringing back good memories. And I'm like, oh, yay, Chuck. Remember when we really wanted to see him, like, all the time? And then he started getting... I I started hearing what he was saying. And there was just that fight in me of, like, don't you dare start feeling sorry for him because you know that this is the most manipulative fucking piece of shit ever and it's just like oh it's like it's actually awful well it's like hearing someone that you know is terrible trying to be sympathetic is like it's like there's a glass wall Mm -hmm. between you and them and they're trying to like throw something at you and you see it but it's just not hitting you yeah um yeah oh it's rough yeah what i loved also about his performance is oh yeah um rob yes was brilliant like amazing (laughs) can't oh but his his back and forth between old chuck and god chuck is like eh. So evil, so creepy. Yeah, like that moment, the one that's like coming to mind for me is like um, when he's just like, oh, come on, it's like a rough draft. Like, you know, you got to have at least one note. And then she starts listing it off and like his face changes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the thing is, like what that was to me was emotionally, that was the perfect like that was so realistic for if what they had been talking about was why they broke up. Because I know this yeah. happens. It's like oh, I've read yeah. so many our relationships posts yep. about it. But where oh, yeah. and and also it's like I've had this happen. Like not in a dangerous way, but just yes. it, when people get rejected, mm-hmm. they 
want to push you mm-hmm. into saying like fucking up verbally yes um and like I always give people this advice too where it's like if you're breaking up with someone don't offer a lot of reasons no it doesn't matter none of that will help anything exactly they're gonna want to push you into giving reasons so that then they can be like well I'll fix this and this and this because they want to be able to fix it or they want you to say something so mean that they can feel justified in hating you. Yes. But it's like the goal is never for them to understand. No. The goal, even if they think that's what it is. It's not. It's not. No. And to me, this was her being like, it's just me. I just need to focus on myself right now. And he's like, yeah, but you're breaking up with me. Like, why? Like, there's got to be some reason. Like, give me some reason. And she's like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Like, it's just I need to focus on myself. I just want to be alone. And he's like, no, no, no. Come on, come on, come on. Like, there's got to be some reason. And she's like, okay, well, like, you weren't very decisive. And, you know. You didn't take out the you, trash. You didn't take out the trash. And you, <laughs> you know, you you didn't really, like, listen to me. And then he's like, oh. I, I wasn't de- decisive? I'll show you fucking decisive. Mm-hmm. And then beats her up. It <laughs> was, like, the vibe. Like, yeah, that was the yeah, vibe. yeah. 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 Um, we're just going to have to have a late content warning this episode. Yes, I think so. <laughs> but it, at this point, it's like that's what Supernatural does. They use real-life situations. They It's a very violent show. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's just because I've heard so many stories about women getting murdered by their well, yeah. ex-boyfriends, current boyfriends, whatever, that – like that hit me really really hard and like was deeply disturbing for me i heard axe <laughs> i'd love an axe boyfriend <laughs> no actually i wouldn't <laughs> i was picturing like a sexy lumberjack <laughs> and then i was like wait no that's not what anyone else would mean anyone else would mean an axe murderer but I'm like, ooh, he'd wear plaid and cut wood for me. Uh, huh. Well, it's like the, um, what's the character's name in, in Little Red Riding Hood? Is it Woodsman or? Yeah. Yeah, the Woodsman. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Sexy. Um, um, but yeah. I, yeah. So that, And I think that's why I found it like hit harder than when he yes. like killed Jack. Because it's just like this had that edge of like. Well, and two, nonetheless, this was more measured. It was drawn out and it was more intimate. Yeah. Right? So, like, you know, this stuff with Jack, even the lead up to that was very, like, this, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, by the way, I suck, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. Whereas this was like, okay, you guys thought I sucked then? Hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um. One thing that I did want to bring up, mm-hmm. um, speaking of, um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of men who lack, um, God's omnipotence is now gone, apparently. Yes. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And when I was making a note, note about it, I almost wrote impotence. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I mean, he is. He used to be omnipotent, and now (laughs) Now he's he's impotent. impotent. 
Those are those are literally the two opposite ends of the spectrum. That's what and that's the thing. That's the fucking thing. That's the thing. And when she said, "Oh, you came here so I could fluff you." Like yes. we all do we know like so a fluffer. Uh-huh. Do you know what a fluffer is? Go ahead. So a fluffer is the person in porn who gets the actor hard before mm-hmm. the scene starts. Yeah. So when she said that, I was like, what did you just say? But that's literally what it is. Yeah. He is struggling with impotence, literally. Like, yes. that's what it is. He's struggling yeah. with impotence. And that's a very dangerous position for an abusive man to be in because yeah. he's going to blame the woman he's with. Like, I'm, I feel like I I'm going try- real hard well, that's the on thing. the like. I was trying to get us away from I know, this. I know, I know. Really hard. Okay. But Let's go back. To, but to like go off on what you're saying, the way that I read that exchange, because I didn't, I know what a fluffer is, but I didn't yeah. make that correlation right yeah. away. Well, so, I mean, so I don't one, think that's what the show meant at all. Eh, probably. Um, they did have what? Mean man, meat man earlier? True. Come on. True. Um, uh, for one second, I was not five years old. So like I didn't automatically like clue into the, to the dirtiness of the situation. But what I heard was very much like the other thing that we need to unpack from their exchange and interaction, which was all of the the, the feelings that of mocking that we felt in terms of as writers. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what a writer needs to do when they're upset. Right. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. <laughs> thanks for letting me know oh all of my insecurities and anxieties are leading to procrastination no shit (laughs) but on the like you know oh you just want like you're just showing up for me to stroke your ego both literally and figuratively um it very much made me think of just like in general the like creator culture that exists right now but it's always exists there. Like, it's just more visible, which is just like, you can just go to Twitter and get validated. You can just go to Instagram and get validated. There's just like this instant IV of validation out there for creative people. And, you know, Chuck's tagline is just like, you know, I can do whatever I want. I'm a writer. And there's like all that ego built in and there's this and there's that. Anyways, I just see it all kind of like, yeah, it's very mocking. <laughs> we felt really attacked by yes, that. Yes, I did. I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> um, also, on- I'm sorry I couldn't get as passionate about that as Sally with- did with her analysis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> um, also, before we leave this scene, too, mm-hmm. um, for sam related things um how did we feel about chuck's ending i don't know okay because the thing that we have to remember since we're getting meta is that or have gotten meta already we are past meta we are meta forward (laughs) (laughs) Um, is that Chuck's ending isn't necessarily the ending. Oh, I know. Right? So, I find it, this is what I'll say about it, and because I don't necessarily want to make any predictions, mm-hmm. 
I feel like we've been pretty good about that so far. And like, too, they haven't really given us a lot to no. do that anyway. Uh, and we are only four episodes in anyway. Um, but I feel like this episode was almost like a... Um, no, that's not the right phrase. But like it was like a, 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 a treatise almost saying like, so it doesn't matter what we do now because we've acknowledged that you're not going to be happy no matter what we do. Yeah. Um, which in like the guise of the Game of Thrones is and the insert long running show here and there of, you know, not happy with the ending fan bases um, was a good call. I think. Yeah. Um, we've talked before about um, how, well, this is my memory. Maybe it, maybe we didn't. I remember us talking on, on air about how, like, quite frankly, no matter how it ends, I'll be happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. in the sense of, like, I'm not looking for a specific ending. No. As long as it's something that makes sense. Yes. I, I agree. And as and long as there's this, no yeah. wire work. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah. That's literally the only thing I care about. <laughs> yeah. No wire work <laughs> and that it makes sense. Yeah. That's it. Like just logical sense. Like that's that's it. It can go in like a million directions. It could like it can make sense and like not make sense. Does that make sense? Yes. I think. I just had oh, this realization. Yeah. So I'm tired. <laughs> the season that ended with the crappy wire work. Thirteen? Yeah. Yeah. Thinking back on it. That whole season was brilliant. That whole season was brilliant. But also, it was not very meta. No, not at all. And so I think that this meta episode is a very good sign in terms of like, it's not going to have dumb wire work. Um, I'm using dumb wire work as like a stand-in for everything that was wrong with that episode. Right. But... I feel like one of the biggest problems with that episode was it just wasn't saying anything about the show. No, it was like, oh, this is a thing that like we had to get done. So yeah. let's do it. And like it. Just, but see, the thing is, is my I feel like we keep going back to the season 13 finale. <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, no. It's OK. It's OK. Uh, We're allowed to. I know. It's our pod- podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> I'm a writer. I can do whatever I want. It's true. It's true. Um, is that it wasn't even necessarily the content. It was the execution. Yes. But I think it was like the content a little bit. Yeah, but I the execution was so bad that I can't see past it yes. to the content. Agreed. To a certain extent. Yeah. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that given how meta this season up seems to be going mm-hmm. um because i think that what they've set up is to get philosophical a hegelian synthesis moment for the season where i think they're going to be maybe setting up multiple ending options for supernatural as the season goes on yes, yes and yes. maybe who kn- but I I, kind of went with the Hegel thing because I was feeling fancy. But, you know, where you get the thesis, the antithesis, and then the synthesis. Yes. So what I was feeling sort of set up from this episode was Chuck's ending, 
versus like an optimistic sort of self-actualized ending and seeing a season that sort of teases both and is a struggle between the two. Or to like fully go with your analogy of uh, thesis, antithesis, and synthesis, synthesis <laughs> was uh, Chuck's ending, Sam's ending, Dean's ending. Because mm. we already have what yeah. Sam's kind of prediction is. Or a possible one. Yes. What, with the freedom? No, with the dream. Oh. Antithesis. Then maybe Dean's is something in between, or I don't know. Well, and maybe also what we're, I I mean, I think that what this, okay, this is what I'm. Or no, well, because like, isn't thesis like thesis? It's cumulative, right? And then antithesis is the opposite of the thesis. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, Sam's would probably be the thesis. Chuck's would be the antithesis, and then maybe Teens would be something yeah. in the middle. I'm like bastardizing the characterization, but you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the place for that. Yes. <laughs> um, my prediction in this moment, because it's and time I'm I made like, a we're not going to predict predict. Anything. I love predicting shit. Okay. Um, is that, and, and this is not not only a prediction, but I think what I'd like to see happen mm-hmm. is having a bittersweet ending. Oh, 100%. where we do get the the yes. synthesis of Chuck's depressing ending, yes, and the alternate optimistic ending, and we get mm-hmm. the true synthesis of those where it's very bittersweet. Yes, exactly. That's all that I want. Yeah, like, um, are you ever gonna watch Castle Rock? It's a show on Crave. Probably not. Okay. Um, for anyone that hasn't listened to or listened to watched. <laughs> Uh, season one of uh, Castle Rock. Um, close your ears. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to watch it. I mean, or if you do want to watch, watch it. it. And you haven't seen yes. it. So the end of that season, it basically follows. Um, it's like Stephen King based on Stephen King. And so it's this um, character that's played actually by um, the same actor that plays it in the new movies. Um, oh. oh, I can't remember his name right now. Oh my God, he's a Skarsgård or whatever. Um, Anyways, it's played by him and he's just this like man that's found deep in a cellar in a like cordoned off block of Shawshank and like all of a sudden he's discovered because the warden like dies and a new warden comes in and so like it gets inspected, blah, blah, blah and they find him and then he's like just doesn't say anything but all these creepy things start happening around him and then people start dying and there's this and it's like it's very like apocalyptic and cool and awesome and so Stephen King and brilliant but the ending is what it really gets you because it's like the whole way through you're like you know oh this poor guy he's like trying to prevent these things from happening um like there's just something up right but then, like, everything else, all these external factors are making you think, like, he's the cause as opposed to the solution, almost. And the um, very end of it, it sees him being put back into this cellar. Very much reminded me of, like, um, putting the devil back in the cage kind of thing. And the last shot, or one of the last shots, or the last shot of this character um, in the cellar is you know the guy that puts him in there walking away you know saying like oh well like this is it like I'm sorry this is the way it has to be kind of thing you know but like I I I believe that 
you know, you're innocent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he walks away and then there's just this like, oh God, it gets me every time. It's like exactly how I want to tell stories and how I want to consume them clearly, mm-hmm. which is my point. It just lingers on his face and stuff. And he has this very like stoic look about him. And for a brief, brief second, you see his lip curl up a little bit. Like it's so faint. And then it switches to another shot. And you're like, wait, what? You're like, what? Wait, no, 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 no. Like, it's like that kind of, yeah. oh, God, I even like, I did it to myself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it's that, but it's that kind of thing. Yeah. It's that bittersweet kind of like, you think you know, but, but you don't. And I love, <laughs> I love like, it. like tearing at the cord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so uh. awesome. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they take it, mm-hmm. um, in the current show that we're watching yeah. yes. in yes. Supernatural. Um, but I very much did want, well, actually to kind of take it back a little bit and just to the last thing I guess we'll touch upon with the like Chuck Becky thing mm-hmm. was, and this again felt very much, I felt very attacked by this, um, but maybe in a better way, <laughs> which was when he said, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know where I'm going. And it's like this old edict in, you know, writing in general as a writer is just like, you have to know your ending. If you don't know your ending, then you're just like writing blind. Once you know your ending, you're good. And so you just have to find how, how to get there. And I I just feel like this really like nice, you know, road so far you know we're on the road kind of like synergy with that like I like I like the imagery I like the yeah it it it, that gave me some like not hope but resolve in where they're gonna take it yeah I also wrote down that line and noticed it I think I have more mixed feelings about that concept than you do just because I again think that that was part of the issue with the season 13 finale which was... I would argue that they didn't know where they were going. But they knew what they wanted to have happen. Like, they just... Well, but, okay, and so then they see, tried to force it to get but to that see, ending. this is the thing. This is why I say it's more about execution with that. Yeah. And okay, I don't fair, even just fair. mean wires. I yes. mean, like, literally, like, we had no lead up to yeah. that being the thing. They didn't actually think about how to get there. True. Okay. They just made a great season, then tacked that on at the end. Uh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And also, too, considering again, uh, to like, <laughs> you know, go back on the whole like, um, multiple endings, kind of like playing with this meta thing, and how like you know what Chuck's what Chuck's talking about. Especially since he doesn't have his, you know, actual view of what's going on to like guide him. Yeah. What he writes doesn't isn't necessarily going to be as powerful as oh, it was yeah. previously. Yeah. You know, so the likelihood of his ending being the actual ending is like skewed and like. But I just like what it says, what the show is saying with that. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Poor little baby Sam. Poor little baby Sam. One one thing that I did want to touch upon that like I think enters into like poor little baby Sam is, you know, and and I think to me it, it does also 
connect with, you know, the the ease with which they killed Billy in, in it to a certain extent is that um, I feel like Billy was very much a proxy for Jack to a certain extent. Yes, yes. Because it's like, you know, they they were 100% faced with that decision and they chose not to take it. And then that made the writer mad. Yep. Um, because they didn't do what would have otherwise happened, right, in the story. Um, anyways, yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. Okay. I just, I started laughing because I forgot again about Billy and Jack in the Empty. Oh. I keep forgetting. I kind of did too. Like, because <laughs> I was like, oh, like, I wonder if Jack will be back. And it's like, oh, and right. And I was like, anyways that I, I think that will i'm hoping that we see whatever the fuck's going on there before the mid-season finale i think we will yeah. i think it'll be part of the yeah i know it'll be part of it and the, the hand gesture that i just made was in reference to oh. the mid-season finale and mid-season premiere gotcha <laughs> just for our listeners who oh, were unaware right. of us making eye contact and immediately knowing what uh, we were talking about. I didn't even catch that. That's awful. We didn't, we, yeah, we didn't say the thing we were, yeah, expressing. Yeah, that's how we normally talk. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so. So. Baby Sam. Um, I feel like I touched a lot upon my thoughts already with him. Yeah. For the most part. So why don't you take the floor? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what, like, analysis I have at this point. But just, like, man, that kid's been through the ringer. And I realized that I called him a kid and he is old. Um, <laughs> not actually old, but you know what I mean. He's not a kid. Yeah. But if I identify with Dean, then Sam is a kid. Yeah. Um, But man, just, like, the trauma. And I think that... That was the best it's ever been expressed by him. That, you know, when he said that he still thinks about Jessica. Oh. That was like (sighs) a knife in the heart. You know? Because I think that a lot of shows... One one of Supernatural's strengths is its ability to accurately and realistically depict grief and depression. Yep. And, you know, he hasn't forgotten about any of the people that he's lost. And he's still thinking about the first and all of the other ones. Mm -hmm. And it is just weighing on him because Mm -hmm. a person can't experience that. Even the one trauma would be enough. But it's like, it's enough. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, but it's like, I mean,. I don't want this to be the worst thought exercise ever, mm-hmm. but like having that over and over again, it is, and you never have, you never have a chance Mm-mm. to heal nope. because because then there's just like the next because thing then another the person thing. dies, yeah, and then another person dies. Mm-hmm. He's never had a chance to heal. Um, I think if this wasn't supernatural, if this wasn't, if we didn't know that something was maybe probably going on. His nightmares would just be PTSD. I mean, we they all have PTSD. We know yes. this. But, you know, that would just be his intense trauma that he needs to go to therapy for. Well, that's the thing, though, right? Is it's like, 
and we've definitely talked about this before, maybe not in, in like such terms, but like supernatural is basically life on crack. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, it's life turned up to a thousand. Yeah. With some like supernatural, you know, elements thrown in there for a good measure. Um, just to, you know, keep it exciting. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, one of the notes that I made uh, specifically in reference to that last scene of them in the car, which I feel is like, you know, uh, this was another one of those episodes where Supernatural did a very good job of like almost doing like a hamburger essay where it's just yes. like, you know, the end scene. <laughs> what? No, I, just, I wasn't expecting you to agree with me. No, it's the, no, that's 100%. That's <laughs> such a good like, no, that was perfect because you have the initial. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you let's have explain it because just paragraph. in case it's not like prevalent in the States, but like. In Canadian education, you're taught about a hamburger essay, which means it's you have like the buns, which is the inter, uh, uh, the introduction and conclusion, and you have the three meat paragraphs or whatever yeah. the you know patty and the mm-hmm. condiments and everything. Yeah, and that was 100 percent what it was. You had the introduction, you had the conclusion, and yeah. then you had the midsection with a whole bunch of examples. <laughs> You're spelling it out like that, really? It's like, oh my God, it really was that. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> no, that's so perfect. Um, so yeah, that like final <laughs> bun <laughs> scene. <laughs> oh no, I'm too tired now. It's okay, um, my brain immediately yeah. went to my anaconda don't want <laughs> none unless she got buns on. <laughs> oh no. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, right, the car scene. Yes. <laughs> where they're talking. The wh- One of the notes that I made right away uh, when Dean first started talking about, you know, we do it, we don't do it for ourselves, we do it for the people that we've lost, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like right away I was like grief modeling. Yeah. It's very much that. And then right after I wrote that, Sam started on like, well, yeah, I feel like shit today, but maybe I'll be better tomorrow. And I'm like, yep, grief modeling, oh, you know. And that also, that line all, because it's like, yeah. And, and depression. Maybe like, I'll be better it. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. But. And uh, then Dean immediately says, what if you're not? not? And it's. Yeah. And it's, and it's just one of those things too, where it's like. A, a, another aspect of it is just like, you have these like correlation of like grief depression and then this like optimistic freedom yeah that we as viewers know is not reality um like yes I think we can actually now that I say that we can agree that they're more free than they ever were because now Chuck can't see them Mm -hmm. so they're you know Chuck being blinded God being blinded is like gives them a certain upper hand but they also don't know that chuck is actively trying to still intercede Mm -hmm. also i think that it's they're emotionally free because this is my personal perspective on freedom is like you're free if you think you're free right you know I, i think it's entirely a mental state personally um i don't have the logical (laughs) philosophical stuff to back this up but you know it's like I think that they they are maybe the freest they've ever been Mm -hmm. because they feel like they're free 
Well, but except that, Sam doesn't feel like he's free, but but well, but he initially did, right? Yeah. Like, and then now he's doubting it. Yeah. Now he's questioning it because of like it, you know, losing the big thing that I think was overlooked to a certain extent, both by us and a little bit by the episode, except for like her brief mention by Dean at the end. There is that last episode oh, we lost yeah. Rowena, yeah. and so like that's the one person that could understand Sam's trauma. Yeah. So you know, like firsthand. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that also had like way more of a, 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 um, a cutting effect to him. Yes. Um, so there's definitely like an open wound there and that's where you're getting almost, I just thought of this, that snarkiness and shit. Does it remind you of anyone? Cass? The snarkiness. That's Sam. Wait, no, no. The sass? The snarkiness and the sass? Reminds me of Rowena. Oh. And there is this thing of where, like, you do kind of, like, take on. Yeah. You know, it's, like, how you keep someone alive to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't think about until now. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's that's something that we kind of overlooked mm-hmm. there. And so that's, like, that I think could signify the, the shift between, you know, how he had been acting so far in the season versus this episode. And, you know, that switch from, like, we got this, we're like finally free and him trying to like drag Dean and then this happening and Dean looking around being like, oh shit, I have to be the big brother and like dragging him kind of thing. That's where we got our switch. But the whole freedom thing or illusion of freedom immediately brings up to mind uh, for me is Plato's cave. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, you know, right now, especially not knowing anything about Chuck's state, right? of you know his intention his mind body nothing of that they're very much still looking at those shadows on the wall um and that's dangerous because too it's like like i very much come from the school of thought of like you know freedom and like truth and all of these like quote-unquote virtues or like concepts no matter what come down to knowledge right you know sometimes like like yeah you can thinking you're free means you're free but the knowledge of that is also what gives you like it's like it's that kind of weird like paradox and like we could probably argue it into circles Mm -hmm. but like no matter what in the context of the show and the plot and the boys I feel like they are definitely at a disadvantage yes from you know using that as their you know quote-unquote crutch yeah or survival mechanism at the moment um so I don't know well, and another thing I think is that um, not only are they at a disadvantage, but they're at a disadvantage when it comes to healing their trauma because, like, they've operated. I'm kind of saying a couple of different things, so I'm going to try and solidify this. Um, there's another sort of theme that comes up in, you know, depression, anxiety grief is that you get into a mode of like okay I'll feel better when this thing happens Mm -hmm. I'll feel better when When this is done this is done done. when this is done when I finish doing this um all of these things the worry mentality yeah well the worry mentality and there's another phrase for it that I forget what it is yeah anyways (laughs) it's like this like future like you're not thinking about now you're thinking about the future yeah and it's like I'll be happy when this happens and then that happens and you're not happy. So you're yeah. okay. Then I'll, 
And, and the Winchesters have essentially had that for 15 years. Yes. Where it's like, okay, we'll be happy when we kill Azazel. Yeah. Lol, nope. Okay, we'll be happy when we get rid of the Leviathan. Lol, nope. We'll be happy when Cass is back. Lol, mm-hmm. nope. Like all of these things. And that has really prevented them from healing any of this trauma because mm-hmm. there's always something new to focus on. Yeah. And they really do seem to operate on these cycles. And right now, we know that another one's coming. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We know that they're not moving towards genuine healing. We know that they're moving towards another problem for them to solve yeah and for them to focus on but there's that unique meta thing that we both know we the audience and them know that it's the last one yes that is very true but but then again it could be argued did they think that they already got it yes they do think that, but they're wrong. Yeah. and the, But then the, there's another question. It's like, are they going to continue to think that? Or is there going to be some way in which they discover otherwise? Like, it's just going to be very interesting to see um, how the boys live their lives seemingly outside of this loop. Yeah. In the next few episodes. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and they don't... Because like, like, I forgot like, about I know, Cass. Like, they, you know, they don't have, they, they have each other. Yes. And that's good, but it's like, we know that's not enough. We know that's not enough. And, and quite frankly, they're so fragile at this point that it's just like a domino. Like it's like, it, it, or like, um, you know, uh, uh, playing cards house. Like yeah. Like just, and like everything's going to collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, then that just brings this right back to the, same old, same old of like, how many times are they going to save each other? How many times? You know, it brings us right back to the nitty gritty of this, you know, of this story, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. But, you know, Winchesters cannot have nice things. No. Oh, man. I had a thought about that the other day. Oh, it's it's like Buffy. <laughs> because on Buffy, it's like. No one can have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, that's what it means to be a hero. <laughs> according to these shows. <laughs> but I think according to, like. Yeah. Yeah. No deed goes unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. It is. It's very true. Yeah. It's like, it's the tragic hero, not the, yeah. like, comedic hero. But Yes. Yes. Okay, so you've been listening to It's Funnier in Anokia in a Supernatural podcast. You can follow us on all our social media. It's Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Ify Podcast. That's I-F-I-E Podcast. You can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are sold, except for Spotify because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. <laughs>